Dalit Kislev, coming to you live from the corporate headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
the song in memory of the uh, three young men who were kidnapped and killed and we think about them today as we also remember the murderous attacks that have been going on in Israel the latest was on Friday Erev Shabbat as the Lippmann family was on their way to the Afruf for the wedding of their daughter and son-in-law that was to be tomorrow. A terrorist, Arab, murderer, waited for them, ambushed. It wasn't them particularly, it was any Jew. Ambushed them, killing the father, Yaakov, and the eldest son, Netanel. The rest of the family who were in the car watched in horror. Yet again, children watch as their parents are being slain. It's hard to imagine. It's impossible to imagine the scars that they will remain with for the rest of their life, growing up, of course, without a father. but also remembering these horrific scenes that will probably never leave them. We'll talk a little bit about that as we continue in the program. We'll talk about, not only about the attack, but about, one, how the murderer was caught, and two, the Red Crescent and their behavior. We'll talk about Jonathan Pollard, who is finally getting out of prison after 30 years. Hopefully we'll have time also to tell you about some other things. We were going to have an interview today with the CEO of the Psagot Winery in Binyamin, in Eretz Binyamin, over the quote-unquote green line, whose products in Europe will now be labeled with a... um, derogatory, pejorative, made in an Israeli settlement or produce of an Israeli settlement. Unfortunately, due to technical reasons, we will not be able to bring you the interview today. We hopefully will bring it to you next week. He had some interesting things to tell us. In the meantime, if you want to support the people who are working in Yehuda and Shimron and the Golan, they have amazing wines, the Psagot Winery and so many more. They uh, are mainly imported by Kedem, by Royal Wines, and you can find them in any kosher wine store. So next time you pick up a bottle of wine, why don't you ask them specifically, you want a wine from the Golan, you want a wine from the Shimron, you want a wine from Yehuda, and help support our brethren who are fighting this canard by the European Union. And a word about France. I didn't change my um, icon 
on Facebook or anywhere else to have the French flag. And uh, I'm not going to really concentrate on what happened in France here. This is a show about Israel. On that very same night, the Litmans were attacked and killed. Their family is suffering terribly. In their own home. In their own homeland. Europe has been allowing Islamists, radicals, to enter its borders for decades. They've been warned over and over, this will not end well. In fact, Arutz Esser, Israel's Channel 10, their excellent reporter on Arab affairs, who's an, really uh, a, an, a maven, if you will, of the highest degree, really knowing the ins and outs of the world, of the Arab world. Tzvi Cheskeli had a series on last year in which he predicted exactly this. He he dressed up as an Arab and went throughout different places in Europe and France and others visiting in those communities and showing to the world what they say when they think they're talking to one of their own. And he could pull it off. They're going to be rebroadcasting some of that program now. Allah Islam was the name of one of them. Well, when that came out, all the leftists, he's a hater, he's an Islamophobe, he's a radical right-winger, he's an agitator, he's an inciter, may have something to do with the fact that he was Choser B'Tshuva, now wears a yarmulke on on TV. Every name in the book they hurled at him. He's just trying to get everybody scared. He's a, he's a, he's a scaremonger. Well, he's been proven correct. It didn't take much. It, it doesn't take tremendous mind. You don't have to be a brain surgeon to understand this. Or a rocket scientist. And the United States? This weekend, the United States took in a few thousand Syrian refugees. Nobody's really vetting them. Nobody knows who they are. Nobody knows if ISIS has, has planted there the seeds for an attack here on these shores. The president still won't call them radical Islamists. Still, to this very moment, Europe is being flooded by rivers of humanity, of refugees from Syria. Europe is berating itself. We need to do more. We need to take in more. We need to allow 100,000. This Every country is sort of competing with who can take in more Islam, Muslim refugees from Syria. Do you ask yourself, why isn't Saudi Arabia, Oman, the United Arab Emirates, how about Qatar, Kuwait, how, how come they're not taking them in? How come these people are all flowing towards Europe? The oil-rich countries, they have enough money. They don't want them. They know. 
They understand. They get it. They don't want them. Don't know where this world is going, but I, you hear me say it all the time. It's crazy. And ultimately we're headed toward a major conflict. What can I say? Between good and evil. We've been through one and we're going to have to go through another one, so it seems. Till we wake up. Al Tirai Yisrael, the name of the song is Yaakov HaTamim. It's appropriate for the upcoming Parsha and appropriate for the memory of Yaakov Lippmann. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Al Tira Yisrael, fear not, Yaakov, fear not Yisrael. God is with you. The Litman family, all except the Kala, the bride who was to be married tomorrow, had left the house so that the the bride, Sarah Tachia, could enjoy her Shabbat Kala with her friends. The father, the mother, and all the children packed into their car driving from Hebron to Otniel to celebrate the Ofruf with their soon-to-be Chatan Ariel Beigel. And that's when the murderer, the Arab terrorist, standing on the road waiting for a Jewish car to pass by, came out of the ambush and shot them. The father was killed first. The eldest son who was driving the Tanel has been a volunteer for many years at Magen David Adom. And he called in the event in order to get the troops to come quickly. And as he was doing that, he was shot. The murderer then opened the back door where three girls were seated, three young children. Their heads were down. One of them raised her head, looked him in the eye, and screamed, No, 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 we didn't do anything to you. We don't deserve to die. He was going to shoot him anyway. He didn't really care. But thankfully his gun jammed. Seeing this, figuring that help would be on the way soon, he ran away. Sarah Tachia Litman, the bride, who is now sitting Shiva instead of getting ready for her wedding tomorrow, was telling reporters about what the house was like before Shabbat, how her brother had ironed all the shirts because he said it's going to be so busy, he won't have time later. So he'll iron the shirts now for the wedding. And she commented, yes, the house is very busy now, busy with mourners, not busy with the wedding preparations. When she was told that the terrorist who shot her brother and her father was found and arrested, she wasn't really consoled. He should die, she said. Because if not, he'll just be exchanged in some other terrorist swap in the future. He 
He deserves to die, she says. And the Chatan, Ariel Beigel, who, with tremendous strength, supporting his bride, his wife-to-be, said, we will continue. We will continue in the way of our father, of Yaakov Littman, in, in the ways that they've taught us and brought us up. This is the Chatan, Ariel Beigel. ואנחנו נתחתן ואנחנו נמשיך, אנחנו לא, החיים לא נעצרים, אנחנו נחזיר את השמחה למשפחות ואנחנו נמשיך את מה שהם השאירו לנו ואת הדרך שהם יתבו לנו. But Rab Nachman, Rab Nachman, no
A few more points about the Littman murder that took place. It was perpetrated this Friday. Arab Shabbat as they were on their way to the Afruf for their daughter's wedding. When they were in their car after they were shot Many were injured. Two were already dead. By chance, an ambulance of the Red Crescent, which is the Arab version of the Red Cross, just like we have the Red Magen David, Magen David Adom, the Red Crescent passed by. Now, people are saying it's unclear what happened. Well, this is a quote from the mother, Noah Litman who survived the attack. She says that one of her sons, one of the surviving sons, Devir, said to them as they stopped the ambulance and they looked out the window, come, we have injured. And they said to him in English, oh, call the emergency number, call 101, the emergency number, and they continued driving on. They wouldn't get out. They didn't get out of the ambulance. They didn't help the injured. Nothing. That is insane. And let me tell you, if it would be the other way around, you would be hearing about it. But we're not hearing much about it now. Let's talk a bit about how they captured the murderer that very night. For years... The leftists in Israel and around the world quote a report by Israeli security that they claim says demolishing homes of terrorists is not a deterrent against acts of terror. There was a time where Israel began a policy. They caught you murdering a Jew. They'll demolish your house. And as a result the deterrence will be that your family will try its best to convince you not to kill a Jew because they don't want to be homeless. And it worked. And then the left started going crazy. Oh no, it's collective punishment, it's this. They went to court, they went to Bagats, and, and the high court in Israel started stepping in. And, and so the pressure around the world, by the way, New York Times and others, the pressure was ratcheted up on Israel. Not to destroy the homes, it's a terrible thing. And then they began quoting this report that Israeli security put out at one point saying that demolishing homes is a terror. It's not a deterrent. But the truth is they purposefully took that report out of context. It was written at a specific t- 
time, a moment in time, where security forces felt that at that time, based on the specific conditions, it was not a good idea. That they did not mean it forever and ever by any way. Well, with this current wave, the Netanyahu government finally waking up decided to go back to this system. Unfortunately, they were somewhat delayed by the high court, but last week they got the okay to demolish three homes. They wanted to demolish four. They got the okay to demolish three homes. And in fact, last week, the houses of three terrorists were destroyed. The murderers of Malachi Rosenfeld, the murderers of Danny Gonen, and the murderers of Naaman Etam Henkin. And it made big news. Well, on Friday after the murder of Yaakov and Etanel Litman, Hashem Yikom Damam, the Shin Bet began a major effort to catch the murderer. Well, they didn't need to. They didn't need to. Of course, soon enough, the murderer's father, his own father, turned him in. He told the Israeli defense forces that he was afraid that their home would be demolished, so he turned in his only son when he heard that he was the murderer. Don't tell us it's not a deterrent. It so is. Netanel Litman was a student in Yeshivat Merkaz Litzi'iwim. You may remember years ago that a terrorist entered the Yeshiva and started shooting the high school students that were studying there and murdered eight young men. That too was on Rosh Chodesh, by the way, as pointed out by a student at the Shiva, Shmuel David Vardi. Yet again, it's on Rosh Chodesh, he says. Yet again, we are burying a friend, a classmate. Yet again, we are deep in the morning, angry, hurt, sad, crying. He writes that just a few hours before the murder, he called Nitan El Litman, his friend, to wish him a Shabbat Shalom and Mazal Tov. And Nitanel told him that he apologizes, but he was rushing to the Afruf for her, for his uh, sister's chatan. In one class, in Yeshivat Merkaz Litzirim, he writes, there's a Rebbe who lost a son, two children that lost their parents, and two brothers who lost a brother. Welcome to our reality. A dear friend, Shlomo Zwickler, wrote something similar on his Facebook page about his son. What a way to grow up, he writes. Posted the sign, the Moda'at Evel, for Netanel and his father, Yaakov, Harav Yaakov. He says, this sign was posted at my son's high school today, mourning his classmate killed Friday. The kids buried their classmate last night. Shlomo Zwickler writes, when I was 16, all I was worried about was the Rangers, B'nai Akiva, my schoolwork, a little. What a way to grow up. We have to all remember that. 
we are living in a different world. We are far away. We care. We cry. But we are still far away. There is a song based on words from Rav Cook that is very popular in the Shivat Merkaz Litziwim. They sing it. They sing it during Shalashudas and they sing it at other occasions. It's called Kanfeguach. Rav Cook writes, Ben Adam Ale Lamala Ale. Rise. Man can rise up, up to the heights. Kikaz Arzlach. You have great strength. Yeshlachach You have wings of the spirit. Wings of great eagles. Don't deny them so that they don't fail you. Drosh Otam, Drosh Ben Adam, Vimatsulach Miyad. Look for them, use them, and you will always find them. Here is one version of that song. We play it as we remember the Litmans, all the other people who have given their life for the land of Israel. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
I admit I wasn't familiar with that song. It is really beautiful. The words, of course, from Rav Cook are amazing, and the melody and the singing itself, it's all very, very beautiful. We'll play it, I'm sure, in the future again. The singers are uh, Benny Landau and the students of the Shivat Merkaz Litzi'irim. They did that in memory of their friends who were murdered on Rosh Chodesh Adar years ago. And uh, we bring it out in memory of Nitan El and his father Yaakov Littman. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We're sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. Oh, how they are needed more now than ever. Helping people make Aliyah. Providing needs-based financial aid, employment resources, community-based guidance. They help you with the government government uh, bureaucracy and they help in so many ways so that each individual's aliyah is as successful as possible their charter flights we've spoken about it many times especially commissioned El Al flight where the entire plane is reserved for Olim and the legendary ceremony that takes place upon arrival in Israel it's amazing amazing if you haven't seen it if you want to get more information or just want to hear about Aliyah, even if you're not planning on doing it tomorrow. Nefesh Benefesh's website, www.nbn, nefeshbenefesh.org.il, nbn.org.il. Nefesh Benefesh, revolutionizing Aliyah. The Israel Show is proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. Jonathan Pollard, after 30 years, is getting out of prison this coming Friday. He's not been granted any clemency or anything. He's just finally getting out because the time is up. Even though it's a life sentence after 30 years for good behavior, I guess, and so forth, you get out. You know, he is 61 years old. Wow. Hard to imagine. He was 31 when he endangered his life in what he believed was a mission to rescue Israel. Now, we know that what he did was wrong. It was against the law in America. 
he deserved punishment. But I think everybody agrees that his punishment was excessive. And I have not heard to this very day anybody explain in a rational way why he deserved a life sentence. Pollard and his spokespeople to this day, they've continuously declared that he committed espionage only because the American intelligence establishment collectively endangered Israel's security by withholding crucial information. I don't know. And and there are those who claim also that because of that there's a vendetta against him and that's why they haven't released him. I don't know. But one thing I do know, we we will be able to celebrate this coming Friday, his release. He would love to go to Israel. He is an Israeli citizen already, officially made so by the government years ago. But the terms of the parole would not allow him to leave the United States. And from everything we've heard, the President of the United States, shocking but true, will not allow him to leave the country not allow any special arrangement. So, we play the following song in honor of the release of Jonathan Pollard. And we start off as an introduction with the words of former CIA director James Woolsey. Ten years ago, he said, it's enough. He should be released. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. In 93 to 95, there was a review of the Pollard case, and uh, uh, I uh, opposed uh, clemency for him or early release then. Now that he has served some 20 years um, of uh, prison sentence, uh, my view is that uh, a 20-year sentence, um, I think, is uh, uh, enough. Uh, and I think that the close relationship between the United States and Israel as fellow democracies uh, is also uh, a consideration. So at this point, uh, I think uh, uh, Pollard has served a long uh, enough sentence. Yeah, I'm 
My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for tuning in, making us a part of your day and your week. You can uh, find links to the songs that we play during the show on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. And um, the more you like the page and like items on the page, the more exposure we will get on Facebook. That's very important. That's the way uh, I was reading a whole article about it. That's the way to face Facebook works. So if I post something and a lot of people respond to it, then the post will also be shown to more people who have liked my the feed of the Israel show. I don't know if I'm making that clear, but basically I'm asking you when you get on the fa- on Facebook, like the posts that we you know click like, posts that we put on. And uh, respond to them, comment to them if you can, um, and of course like the Facebook page itself. We interviewed yesterday, and we will play the interview uh, next week. We interviewed the CEO of the winery in Psagot, PsagotWines.com, and their products are going to now be labeled by the European Union. Not just product from the West Bank, by the way. That's not enough. That's not acceptable according to the rules. It has to say product from the West Bank, in parentheses, Israeli settlement. Or product from the Golan Heights, Israeli settlement. On the other hand, a product made in the West Bank by a Palestinian Arab factory will be labeled product of Palestine. How do you like that? And all this, the Europeans say, is in order that we can give our 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 um, public the proper, correct information. People are entitled to get the right information. The consumer wants to know. They don't want to be misled. What's amazing is how anti-Semitic and racist this is, and yet no one is calling them on it. 
as Yaakov Berg points out in the interview that we'll play, if he sells his winery in Psagot, in Eretz Binyamin, north of Yerushalayim, if he would sell it to an Arab, the bottles would not have to be labeled Israeli settlement. The bottles can be written product of the West Bank. But if a Jew owns the factory, even though he's employing Palestinian Arabs, there has to be a separate label on it. And if you want even more, the, the hypocrisy, if you want to understand the hypocrisy, understand this. Morocco has occupied the Western Sahara since 1975. Nobody knows this. Nobody cares. Because they're not Jews. There are about 200 places around the world that are disputed territories. There's a territorial dispute between two countries. So Morocco occupies Western Sahara since 1975, and it has populated it heavily with settlers. How do you like that? And when they export products from the occupied Western Sahara, they say on it, made in Morocco. How do you like that? Not anti-Semitic? Yeah, sure. Okay, so last week I got an email from one of our uh, long-time listeners, listener Ira from Brooklyn, and he writes how he listens to the show, and every week by the time the show is over, he's he's like tired. <laughs> he's exhausted. Because we've been reporting lately on on heavy and difficult topics and somewhat depressing and angering and aggravating. And he wrote correctly that maybe we could, you know, throw in a few positive items. So, Ira, you're right. From uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu's speech this past week, at the uh, General Assembly of the uh, Jewish Federations, two points, two facts that Netanyahu makes about how far Israel has come in the last few years, how far Israel has come. One about high-tech and one about water. This is... We could all use this. A little good-spirited, positive news from Israel. Here's cut number one. In 2014, Israel was receiving 10% of the global investment in cybersecurity. That's an extraordinary number. Given that we are, uh, uh, it's about 100 times our size in the relative uh, population of the world. In 2015, that number has changed. It grew from 10% to 20%. It doubled in one year. One year. So, so in cyber, Israel is punching 200 times above its weight. That's an extraordinary figure. And in cyber, in water, and in many, many other fields of Israeli technology, uh, our economy continues its remarkable ascent. 
1948, Israel had roughly the same GDP per capita as our neighbors. Today, Israel's GDP per capita has surpassed the European average. And according to three of the four indices that I looked at before I came here, surpassed that of Japan. We had twice the rainfall in 1948, the year of Israel's founding, and one-tenth the population. So in 67 years, the water supply has gone down by half from rainfall, roughly half, and the population has grown 10 times. Our GDP per capita has grown 40 times, and with it goes water usage. So we ought to have a big water problem, but we don't. We have a water surplus. Israel leads the world by far in the recycling of wastewater and in so many other technologies related to water. And people are coming to us and they say, teach us. Teach us. Teach us what you've done for yourself. We can do it in Asia, in Africa, in Latin America. Every week, somebody else comes and says, uh, teach us how to get water out of the stone. Yeri Kaplan and Mickey Gavrielov off of the album Ima Adama. And we're going to end off with something in honor of the upcoming Parshat HaShavua. Arik Lavi, going back a long time, singing Re'i Rachel Re'i, the official name of the song is Shuv Lo Neilech. We'll do so right after we thank you all for listening. Thank you so much for your Facebook likes, your comments, your emails. You can always email us at mayor, M-E-I-R, at nachumsegel.com, mayor, M-E-I-R, at nachumsegel, N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L, nachumsegel.com. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network, and a very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, encore presentations of Eternal Flame with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, followed by headlines with David Lichtenstein, and then the great Monday music 
Marathon. Until next Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, this is Mayor Weingart reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. Re'ya v'kedrachim Oleh me'ir shalem V'rechev abarazel Sho'et el mul yirech V'am shalem mabit Mabit bach kecholem K'anfei plada chagot Chagot me'al tivrech Re'i rachel re'i Re'i ribon olam Re'i rachel re'i and Shavu Elekulam, Rei Rachel Rei, Rei Ribonolam, Rei Rachel Rei, and Shavu Elekulam, Rei Rufotiyar, Nos Oturei Plada, Gambinyamini Manu, Povegame Yosef, Kochav Beit Lechemme, Natsnetz Bire Adam, גם החלוצים מנו וגם המאסף ראי רחל ראי ראי ריבון עולם ראי רחל ראי הם שבו אל כולם ראי רחל ראי ראי ריבון עולם ראי רחל ראי הם שבו אל כולם מן איקולך רחל מן איקולך מבפי, כולנו פה רחל, אם התרמיל על שכם, שוב לא נלך רחל, ואת שוב לא תלכי, שוב לא נלך רחל, מנשאג מותה בית לחם, ראי רחל ראי, ראי ריבון עולם, ראי רחל ראי, הם שבו אל כולם, ראי רחל ראי, ראי ריבון עולם, ראי רחל ראי, הם שבו אל הגבולם.